For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hunsinger, at Thunder Chats, and I am joined for the first time in a long time from some familiar faces, some uh, staples of the podcast. First, we got returning from vacation from the sunny beaches of Florida. We got Connor rocking the Josh Giddy jersey. What up, Cone? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, yeah, got the Giddy jersey. Uh, a lot of people, I t- like I tweeted out about it, and most people were supportive. I thought there was going to be more people like, what did you just do? There were a couple, but um, I don't know, man. Rocking with Giddy, the highest pick we've had since James Harden. So had to get the jersey immediately, and I'm glad to be back on the pod. We're glad to have you back, my man. And also, somebody else that we're glad to have back. He is chilling in a swivel chair. He was in the shadows earlier. You may know him as Champagne. You may know him as Truly, but his name is Jerry. What up, Jerry? Oh, man. Um, wait, I haven't been on the pause since draft night. Um, I need to retract my statement about <laughs> Josh Giddy uh, just right here, right now. Um, I got to watch him play basketball for five minutes, and it was the best five minutes of my life. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to be back. Uh, I just needed to get that in the ether real fast. Uh, I'm sorry, Thunder fans, for overreacting. And, uh, yeah, I'm here to support our boy Giddy. I won't buy a jersey, though. That's a little too far. <laughs> well, hey, if you're wanting to support your players, you know, you might want to take a chance on him. You don't want to take a bet on him. Rookie of the year, MVP, the early season war votings, you name it. Preseason football is going on. There's all kinds of ways to get into the action. And the best way to get in the action is visiting betonline.ag, the sponsor of our shows. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That was an incredible, one of the best transitions I've ever seen from you. And that's saying a lot because you're good at those. I, I would disagree on that, but I appreciate you hyping me. <laughs> no, I've got you. Um, speaking of odds, did you see that uh, Shea, according to, I think it's Vegas Insider, is tied for the number one overall odds to win most improved player? I like it. I like it's, it. That would be kind of crazy. I, the problem is I feel like for him to win it, he's going to have to like, he like he's going to have to be like all NBA next season, I feel like. Yeah, I, I think it's in the realm of possibility. Like, we're going to talk about Shay here in a little bit because, um, you know, like I said, we haven't been on together in a long time. We've had a string of amazing guests. Guess what? 
we're going to have another string of amazing guests coming up. So like keep you here with Top of Thunder, but you know, we haven't all got to get together and just kind of talk shop. And in that time, a couple of things have happened. And one of those things being Shay signed his rookie max extension almost as soon as he possibly could. Um, I, I believe it was what 176 million. And then what is it? Yep. You got it. Okay. And then it can be up to 204 million if he makes all NBA. Is that correct? Seven. Is it seven, 206, something like that? I think it's 207, I want to say. Okay, one of those numbers, you know, a single number. A a lot of money. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Uh, And, you know, the money isn't important. What's important is it's five years. There's no player option. There's no team option. This is Shea saying you have five years. Like, I'm trusting you. Like, this is where I want to be for five years. And in in the Instagram post that he posted, he tagged it in Oklahoma City. He said, home. He's done it before in his pictures, but he said home. He said, OKC, talk to me. And there he is, guys. Shea is our franchise player. He's our cornerstone. He's who we're building around, and he's going to be staying put for a little bit. And, you know, but before I get your thoughts here, you know, going back to what Cone was saying about, you know, winning MIP, being all NBA, like Shea should have been an all-star last year. Like, I think we all know this. And what's even crazier to think about that is – People don't really realize how many games Shea ended up missing because of that um, plantar fasciitis. Like I was looking it up yesterday. He played 30 games before All-Star break, five games after All-Star break. So 35 out of possible 72 games. So he missed more than half of the season, and he was still able to do that. If he had more opportunity, um, I think he was was averaging something like 35 points after all-star break on like 45% from three-point line, like 60% true shooting percentage. Like he was on a tear. If he would have been able to play post all-star break, you now there's no telling what we could have saw from Shea, but yeah, I mean, Cone, I think me and you are probably the biggest Shea fans in the Twitter sphere, Thunder Nation, you know, all in all. Uh, what's your thoughts on Shea signing that max extension? Um, like we all knew it was coming. People outside of us, like people outside of the Thunder group, um, I was someone who was like, guys, chill out, calm down. Like, Shea's not going anywhere. And I think, honestly, those BS Shea rumors, like, just made everything, like, much sweeter when he did sign that extension to see him sign that. And, yeah, like you said, I was expecting, like, a player option or something. So the fact that he said, nah, five years straight up, I don't need to go anywhere. Uh, I don't even want to think about going anywhere else right now. Uh, It's just cool to see after losing Westbrook and um, obviously Kevin Durant in 2016, like, Shea coming in and being like, I want to be the face of this franchise. Like, having this new young guy that we now know 100% is here for the long haul it's just cool as a Thunder fan, and he's a guy that I believe is going to be an all-NBA player sooner than later. He's going to be an all-star next season. I think that people realize that they messed up because uh, I've seen a lot of talk about how Shea should have been an all-star last season. Obviously, they gave it to Mike Conley, which, you know, Mike Conley's cool and all, and I guess you got to give him mm. one. Uh, <laughs> you got to give him one his way out, I guess. But I just – Shea deserved it, and I'm excited for when he does get that opportunity this season and – there are a lot of guys I feel like on the Thunder that can have big years, but Shea feels like a guy that if he's able to, like if he's fully healthy and everything like that, is going to be in an all-NBA conversation. He might not make it. 
And knowing how bad the Thunder are probably going to be, he probably won't make it, but at least there, there will be a conversation. And for he'll be 23, turn 24 after that season. For him to already possibly be in that conversation starting next season is kind of ridiculous. I don't think people... I feel like a lot of NBA fans have been kind of spoiled and especially Thunder fans have been spoiled with the amount of talent we've gotten and how slow guys develop. And I think part of that is because of how good Shea has already been in his last two seasons. Like we've seen Dort come out and go crazy. So like a guy for, for example, like a Darius Baisley, or maybe if like Josh Giddy doesn't quite perform this season, cause he looks like he, he could be good right away, but he's not going to be like a stud right away. He's more of a developmental guy. Like, Thunder fans are really spoiled and like want guys to be really good immediately. And that's just kind of what Shea is. NBA fans in general kind of have come to expect like, like with a Zion where he's like 19 destroying the league or something like that. Uh, it's, it's not normal for a guy to be as good as Shea is already at this young age. And he deserves every penny of that max extension. And if you don't think so, then you should probably try watching him play basketball once or twice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm loving everything I'm hearing about the Shea. The Shea love, man. Jerry, pile it on, man. What, how do you feel about the Shea extension? Yeah, let me start off by just saying, suck that, Jake Fisher. Um, let me just start there. <laughs> I know you're going to have him on the pod, so that's why I had to, you know, stir the pot a little bit there. Um, also, suck that, Canada. You're not getting your golden boy back. He's ours. Um, and then lastly it makes me really excited. I mean, for all the reasons that Cone said, it's it's pretty it's not really done nowadays where a player doesn't have that player option or a team doesn't have that team option. You know, there seems to be that protection built in and to see that sort of come together where both sides are just like, yeah, let's just go see what happens. Um is pretty exciting and and yeah, I, everything that Cone said times 10 because he hit it on the head with a lot more excitement than me, but screw you, Canada. All right. Yeah. You're on a war path against a, a country and a reporter. Yeah. The, a country and a reporter who, as Jerry mentioned, you know, way to blow the lead there, Jerry, uh, uh, Jake Fisher will be coming on our pod here in a couple weeks. So he's going to sit down, you know, we will definitely address the Shea rumors and, you know, uh, where that came from and whatnot. So definitely tune in for that. But um, yeah. you know, hey, Jake, just remember people don't forget. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as we close the book on the Shay talk, though, like we're all really excited. Um, I just, I, I want to point out if you've been following Shay on Instagram, you've seen like, you know, his workout stuff. Obviously, players work out, players going to post videos of workout. Like, you know, it's workout season, it's summer season, whatever you want to call it. And a lot of times it's guys in the gym, like they're showing, oh, I'm working on my three-pointer. Oh, I'm, I'm doing these crazy dunks. Like I'm doing all this. But what I've seen consistent in Shay's like workout videos is he's working on strength and like agility training. And that kind of tells me that two things that he's going into this season with a focus on is being able to finish more at the rim you know, you know, building up that strength to finish through contact and, you know, that mobility, that agility, that lateral quickness, he's working on his defense. And if Shea becomes a plus defender on top of what he's doing offensively, y'all just look out. <laughs> and I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, you know, speaking of 
Shay walking in and walking down. We walked somebody else up. Friend of the pod, Mike Muscala, is back on a two-year, $7 million contract with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I, you know, I'm going to keep it short because we all know how much we love Moose. Um, I, I was met with – I, I got to say this. I was met with a little bit of um, resistance on the left for Moose and Thunder fans. And I feel like a lot of people think, oh, he's taking time away from these young players. He doesn't really do anything to help the team. Like, Moose is a leader on that team. He is a veteran presence. He can be the next Nick Collison if that's what him and Presti in the front office decide to be. But also, he fits on the court. People don't realize how good he was for Shea last year. He shot 38% on, like, six attempts a game, scored 10 points off the bench in limited minutes of action. Like, Moose is a sniper. He's a floor spacer, and he he gets it done for guys like Shea out there. So, I'm very excited to have Moose back, and uh, I, I know that Connor and Jerry both echo my excitement, so we're not going to linger on that. Just, uh, you know, happy to have Moose back, and we're also excited to get him back on the pod. I'll leave him at that. Jerry? Yeah. Hey, uh, Moose, I know you're listening. Um, please respond to my DM on the chess.com. Uh, I really need to talk to you. Thank you. Jerry's really got to go over his chess strategy with Moose now that he's back. Yeah, man. So I I haven't got to play chess with Moose in a while because he kicked my butt like three times in a row, along with everybody else in the unit, apparently, even Connor, you know, just just throwing it down on the chessboard. So we, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, last thing, the, our rooks all signed their contracts. Uh, Josh Giddy, Terrence Mann, uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and today Aaron Wiggins signed his two-way deal. And that's not the news. The news is the pin gate, the Oklahoma City Thunder pin gate. <laughs> Shea signing his max extension with an $840 Cartier pin. And then after that, Josh Getty signed it with a blue Bic pin. So now Shea has turned everybody into watching what pin these players' contracts are signed in. Connor, I see you shaking your head. What do you guys say about it, man? Man, they should have given Josh Giddy a better pin. Um, I don't know much about pens. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to pretend I'm some kind of pen connoisseur, but I don't know. I feel like I love that Shay was like, all right, I just got this $150 million extension. I'm going to go get like an eight. I wonder if he had that ready. Like Sam Presti was like, Hey, we're going to sign you to this extension. He's like, all right, cool. I'm going to go buy an $800 pen to sign my contract with. Or if he was just like, I'll go do it real quick after he agreed to the extension. Either way, awesome that he did it also funny that dylan i think it was you that said um that it looked like aaron wiggins's pen was blurred out on the picture of him signing his two-way contract which is hilarious if that is the case yeah uh turns out it's not blurred out uh joshua cleary um of uh i, I want to get his at right because he does do do a good job um, but he's a photographer. Uh, I think he did some photography work for the team. Uh, he does photography for, like, the Skins League and stuff like that. He's always tweeting at me whenever, like, Trey Young or Deontay Burton or Basil or somebody pulls up there. Um, but, yeah, he pointed out that it was just uh, a style in which you take portrait photos, and sometimes it blurs the background, and the pen was part of the background. So they didn't just blur the pen out intentionally, although, you know, with Pengate, who knows? Who knows? Let's That's just pretend. Yeah, let's yeah. pretend the pen is blurred. 
as a pen naturalist here and you know someone that's just a pen purist down to its core mm-hmm. um that bick showed just a lot of grit and grime and um the hard work ahead you know it's it's a 30 cent pen you know it's, it showed it's, humbleness yeah it just showed up you know it came straight out the box and went from you know the box to the hand to the paper and um I, I think that's indicative of what we're going to get out of Josh Giddy. Um, he's going to play out of the box is what you're saying. Play out of the box and he's going to go get that paper here soon. Mm-hmm. Um, metaphor guy. Yeah. So um, I think the pen is the the best way to, to, to see a man. Um, a lot of people say shoes, but I disagree with that. Um, it is definitely the pen that he uses. And um, Shays was right there where it needed to be at. He's, he's earned the Cartier. Um I don't know what you want to call that uh, flex that he put on for everybody, um, you know, and, and Aaron Wiggins, his was just a basic black pen, you know, nothing, nothing too fancy. Um, no, I've even had a brand. No, I, I think it was gel, um, which oh. is a little mm-hmm. bit more, you know, intense. Gel pens are good. Gel yeah. pens are good. <laughs> they are very nice. Unless, you smear, um, unless you're lefty and then you smear it while you're yeah. writing no one's talking about that except for lefties. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I yeah. With y'all. Yeah. So the, uh, I, I think the pens are, are being used in the correct manner, uh, in that front office. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's my theory. It's I'm sticking pop. to it. Yeah. Giddy, a guy who's going to be making more than shade next year, which is just wild to wrap your head around. Um, used a cheap, a much cheaper pen than Shay did. Uh, Jerry, since you're a pen purist, real quick, what's your what's your go to pen? Um, you know, I'm I'm a nice gel guy. I don't have a preference on brand. Uh, Bic is nice. Um, so does so is Papermate. Uh, that Papermate can get a little bit too. Uh, quick it's a little slick you know on certain types of paper a little less viscous than other pens thank you very much that's You're a very welcome. nice word to drop that's there vocabulary right there um, that's a ten dollar yeah. word yeah, yeah let that, me go write that word down with a pen yeah oh. that viscosity is is a little bit different um so yeah i'm, I'm a nice <clears throat> uh gel pen guy but if you hand me a big i'm not gonna i'm not gonna turn my nose up at it i'll i'll uncap that thing and chew on it while i'm writing certain things on paper I myself, I am a retractable G2 pilot guy. That is mm-hmm. this my go-to. Okay. Got a smooth right. So, and I, I like retractable, you know, just quick and easy. And we're done with it. All right. That was pin talk guys. <laughs> uh, so guys, we are at the end middle back half final stretch home stretch of the summer league. Uh, technically we have one more game on, is it Monday or Tuesday? Monday. Monday. Okay. We have one more game on Monday, but we have played our our initial summer league schedule. So we're going to bring you guys a segment that we haven't got to do in a little while, and it's near and dear to our hearts. You guys know it. You love it. It's Single, single large, large item. item. All right. Welcome back to Single Large Item, in which we bring up one thing that stands out to us in a game, in an instance, in four summer league games. However, we want to dictate this. So, Jerry, I'm going to go to you first, man. What is your single large item for the Thunder Summer League? So, I have to, I have to stick with this because I told you guys this in the group chat. 
And then I saw somebody not too long afterwards post this also and get a lot of likes about it. And I'm just mad that I didn't get the likes. Um, but JRE, he gives me a lot of Draymond Green vibes um, without the kicking in the nuts. He doesn't seem like he'll kick anybody in the nuts. Um, but he's like, the guy's super freaking serviceable. Like, he can do a lot of good things. Um, if you watch any of those games, there wasn't, I mean, granted, it's summer league, so they're going to get lost every so often or maybe a blown coverage or something along those lines. But, like, his recovery skills are something special. When uh, the Thunder made that tweet about, <laughs> where was it, Jared Nah, um, whenever he swatted that off the backboard, mm-hmm. um, like, that wasn't the only time he did that. He did it a few times during the, you know, during the stretch of those four games. He can pick and pop. He can roll to the basket. He sets solid screens. Um, do not put him in a corner, though, because his percentage drops very, very, very much. It drops off a cliff. Um, he is a perfect shooter from the top of the key. And perfect, I don't mean that. Um, he's probably close to 40% or less. But um, for a big guy, that's pretty good. Um, I just liked what I saw out of him the whole week. He's, he's a guy. And he reminds me of Draymond in a weird way without the kicking in the nuts. Let me elaborate on that. Yeah, I, I really enjoy Jeremiah Robinson Earl. You know, I'm just going to call him JRE from now on because saying Jeremiah Robinson Earl every time you mention Jeremiah Robinson Earl is a mouthful. So I'm going to stop it now. Um, but no, the the thing that I really liked about him, um, and I, I just lost it, it's gone. Oh, yeah. No, I got it. His consistency. He is a walking 10 points. 10 rebounds on 50% shooting. He is like, it's as soon as he comes into a ball game, you know, if he gets the right amount of time, he's going to get at least 10 points, at least 10 rebounds on at least 50% shooting because it was like clockwork, man. Like I didn't get to watch the last two games um, because I got home from work late a couple of times. I got to watch bits and pieces of the Trey man game. I got to watch all the uh, Josh Giddy game, but I'm like every single time, man, dude's just working, like crashing the glass, rolling hard to the basket, finishing in traffic, contesting the rim, hitting big shots. Like, I mean, like I said, he's just consistent. He's a guy that's going to go in. He's going to, you know, get his work done. And, uh, you know, he was a guy that obviously we traded up to get, like, you know, it was just a couple picks, but we traded 34 and 36 for 32. So, it was a guy that the front office had identified as a guy that, you know, they believed in and they wanted to see what he had for this team. And, you know, so far, I think he's done a great job. Um, Tony, you got anything else to say about Jerry? Yeah. Um, similar into the way that Jerry said he kind of gives him Draymond vibes. For some reason, he gives me like Al Horford type vibes where he can just be a solid defender like he can make some solid passes he had a couple in the summer league that really impressed me and then obviously the like the defense and the his ability to stretch the floor my main thing with jerry is i want him to start at center day one i want him to go out there and just be our starting center right away um there's obviously other guys who we want to play at the center position. Uh, I don't think Roby will get a ton of run at center this year. I think he'll be more of a four maybe just because like we've got Muscala, we've got favors, although I don't know how long favors is for this team. And now Jerry, I would prefer to see Jerry run at center starting out over like pretty much anyone else on the team. Um, I want to see a starting lineup out there of Shea, Dort, Giddy, Poku and Jerry 
day one and I'll be super happy. That's what I want to see. Um, Watch the world burn. I like it. I, the, the full full youth movement. Let's go for it. Um, I think Poku's a four, a three or a four. Some people have asked me if he should play center. He should not unless no. he's really been on that Giannis weight gain train over the course of this off season. And we've seen pictures and he's not. Um, I just want, I think that would be a fun lineup. Would that team win a lot of games? Who knows? Probably not. Uh, but would it be super fun to watch? Hell yeah, it would. So that's my thing with Jerry. I want to, I just want to see him get a lot of run. Cause I really feel like he is a staple on this team. And I think he's going to be a, yeah, I think he's a guy pretty much what Jerry said. There you go, man. Hey, speaking about Poku, um, I, uh, I, I want to bring up what Steven Dolan, our very own Steven Dolan said on Twitter. I think Poku should just eat a 25 game sus- suspension for taking some PEDs. And, you know, I mean, Hey, Deandre Ayton did it. It worked out. So, Hey, he said, it's like he said, he said, Hey, take two. We'll be fine with it. Beef up real quick. We'll be good. So it'll be know. like a crazier version of his G league stint. He'll leave, come back and just be way better. I like it. I like it. I need <laughs> it. All right, Cone, what's your single large item, man? All right. My single large item is for people to chill the hell out. That's my single large item. People need to calm down about the summer league. Like your tits, re- bro. Chill the, chill the fuck out is what <laughs> you need go. to do. Explicit <laughs> tag. We got it. It's ridiculous. Like, not only like Thunder fans, I hu- like a huge deal, but just everyone in general. Um, I saw something earlier. Someone tweeted this out. They said they saw on a podcast or heard on a podcast, obviously, that someone said I wouldn't trade Ben Simmons straight up for Jonathan Kuminga. And I was like, stop talking. What are you talking about? It's been, it's ridiculous. Jerry is dying right now. It's been ridiculous. The amount of things that I've seen Um, people saying that like Cade Cunningham shouldn't have been the number one overall pick after two summer league games. Um, It's people saying that the Rockets fleece the thunder in the Shangoon trade because Shangoon had a couple solid summer league games. Chill out. Thunder fans have been losing their minds I've seen Thunder fans say that they think we should have picked this player over Josh Giddy because Giddy hasn't played. I saw someone say that Giddy's a bust because he got hurt in a mm-hmm. summer league game. Like there are too many bad takes to repeat. Just calm down. It's the summer league. And I know the summer league is always prone to overreactions, but I feel like this year more than any other year is just out of control. I don't know what it is about this season, but calm down. Um, People, I know a lot of people don't like Kyle Kuzma. I, I think Kuzma is a solid player, but Kuzma won summer league MVP at one point, and he's now a like a solid player. He's not a superstar like some people probably think of other guys, but just calm down. We're going to be good. Uh, appreciate what we've seen from the Thunder guys. Yeah, no, I I actually went back because I, I was interested because you know everybody's talking about how Jalen Green's going to be so amazing, which I agree. I do think he's going to be amazing, but. I don't think he's going to be like, you know, best player in the league potential or anything like that. So I, I went back and looked at a list of the summer league MVPs and uh, 2006, you know, starting in 2006, this is when they started doing summer league MVPs. Uh, Randy Foy, Nate Robinson, Jared Bayless, Blake Griffin, John Wall, Damian Willard, Josh Selby, Jonas Valanciunas, Glenn Rice Jr., Kyle Anderson, Tyus Jones, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Clark. Now, yeah, there's some superstar players there. There's some solid rotation NBA players there. 
And there's also players that you've either haven't heard of ever or you haven't heard of in a very long time. So that should tell you everything you need to know about summer league. And it, it means it means nothing. There, there, there is no linear track of success to, to summer league. Like it doesn't matter if like Trey young was terrible in summer league. That's like one of the main things I've been coming back to is whenever people are like, Oh, this player sucks. They're screwed. It's like Trey young was bad. Not even just one game, like the whole summer league. He was just bad. Yeah. In summer league. Yeah, well, it's just like uh, before the Lakers blew it up, everyone was like, oh, the Lakers are about to win the championship. Look at that summer league team. Let's go. They're all <laughs> studs. And then they got, got traded for AD and LeBron and Russell and everybody else that they decided to bring in on that team. So, Well, they was yeah. playing Brandon Ingram when Brandon Ingram was like, very clear we did not need to be in summer league at that point. I think yeah, no, no, like yeah. could clean like 30 points on them. Yeah, there's there's always players that you're like, yeah, you shouldn't be here, you know, but for the majority of them, you definitely belong there. And that's what you're going to do until the season starts. So, um, yeah, shut up, Rockets fans. <laughs> I like it. All right. Uh, my single large item is game one, courtside, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, Alex Pokashevsky, Isaiah Roby, Ty Jerome, Mike Muscala, Nick Collison, Thunder Squad rolling deep. I think Andrew Schleck said that the whole team was there except for Derek Favors. You know, showing out for the young guys. You know, you see, you know, random isolated people like, you know, LeBron and Russ was in, at Summer League. Jalen Brown was at Summer League. Anthony Edwards is at Summer League. Like, you know, you see one or two guys, you know, one or two of like the marquee players. But the entire roster rolling up together as one, you don't see that. There wasn't another team that did that. And I think that speaks to the culture that we're trying to build. I think it t- speaks to the chemistry that these players have. And, um, you know, it, it just showing the support that, you know, those guys needed. And, you know, I don't think they were all at every single game. I know Shay ended up coming to the, the Trey Man game, as I called it. Um, I, I think a, a couple more players were with them. But, like, for all those players to be there night one – which ended up being our best night. <laughs> like, you know, that, that was pretty cool to see. Great analysis, Dylan. I agree. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Thank I, you Jay. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, like, I feel like people have been saying that, oh, tanking is going to kill the culture or that like, like, like people saying that Shay's going to ask out after this one season of us being bad for half of a year when he didn't even play. Like, it's clear that these Thunder guys like love each other as like teammates, their brothers. We saw Shea and Dort like holding hands while Shea got a shot for like in terms of brotherhood. They're just, it's clear that these guys like really love the team and the culture. And that was something that I like to hear a lot about um, like when in the, um, like the rookie interviews, when they first got introduced by the team, every single player talked about how much they already liked the organization and it's just cool to see how much like people respect the Thunder organization. And I feel like every single day, like people start to realize more that the Thunder are just like a class organization and stuff like everyone rolling up to the summer league together just shows how much chemistry this team already has. Imagine how much that's going to help when we're actually like trying to win games. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it also spawned a really awesome photo of, you know, all those players, like I said, now, 
Shay's brother, Thomas I, Gildress Alexander, his cousin, Nikhil Alexander Walker, uh, one of his crew, Kevin Kangu, I believe is his name, was also in the picture, but friend of the pod, Sublime Illustrations, put together an awesome design. You know, he he cut out the guys that weren't on the Thunder, squeezed everybody together, and kind of did like an outline of them. And we actually have that on our uh, merch site, at Topic Thunder um, merch site. It's on our Twitter. Um, it's called The Blueprint. And, you know, I put the caption, if you're going to start a rebuild, you got to have a strong blueprint. And there it is, man. Go get your shirt, man. They're fire shirts. What's up, guys? It's Dylan from the future here. On my way to work in the pouring rain. And I felt like it was an appropriate time as ever to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, La Terrain Watches. I talked a little bit about it last week, but as I said, I feel like this is an appropriate time because... I'm running late. <laughs> I'm I'm not like majorly late. I'm just a few minutes behind, but it might have helped if, you know, I had a nice little watch I could look down and see what time it is. I know what you're thinking. Oh, I've got a cell phone. I can look at that. Well, a little peek into my morning routine. Like, I sit my phone down next to the stairs and I go do all the things I need to do. And that time that I'm doing everything I need to do, changing clothes, brushing my teeth, you know, you know, just getting ready in general. I don't know what time it is. There's like a dead zone where I don't know what time it is. So it might have helped if I had a watch so I wouldn't be in this situation right now. And you too can avoid that situation if you go to La Terrain, L-A hyphen T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E dot com and you go get yourself a La Terrain watch. Uh, these are the, they are high quality they're extremely affordable. I actually have one on my way. I talked about it last week. If you listened last week, uh, that black face with the brown strap. I'm very, very excited for that to come in so I can tell you firsthand how good it is and maybe not be late for work anymore. Um, but for Topic... Well, I forgot what my podcast name was for a second. For Topic Thunder podcast listeners, if you go to LaTrainWatches.com and you enter the promo code OKC, that's capital OKC, uh, you will get 10% off anything in the entire store. They don't just have watches. They have duffel bags. They have sunglasses. They have bracelets. They've got a wide assortment of things. they got hats if you want a hat. Like, you know, they got a few things. Um, and, you know, it's not just me that's, you know, putting out this lot terrain watches. Um, former NBA legend Bernard King wears and endorses lot terrain watches. And... A guy that is very familiar to the bluegrass today, Tony Delk, former NBA legend, TD, also wears and endorses La Terrain watches. And now, your boy, Dylan, Thunder Chats, wears and endorses La Terrain watches. So go ahead, one more time, go to la-t-o-u-r-a-i-n-e.com and enter in OKC for 10% off, and you won't regret it. I, I do gotta say so myself. Dylan, can I just tell you, you're one witty sob. Let me just tell you that real quick, and let's move on to the next subject. I'll take that one off the air. Hey, I, I appreciate that, Jerry. Um, <laughs> and as as we celebrate my wit, we're going into a new segment in which I call "Overdue Apologies." It's too late to apologize. It's too late. Overdue apologies. This is a new segment, and um, you know this is something we kind of touched on 
before the podcast. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go so you guys can kind of get a good idea here. This is just somebody that you were wrong about. It could be they were better than you thought they were, or it could be somebody you were hyping up and turns out they were not as good as you thought they were. Again, this is based on summer league, so it's overreaction. We could be still dead wrong and have to do another overdue apology in the regular season, but I'm going to start. Um, my overdue apologies for Jalen Johnson. And I said this on Twitter. I said, I, for one, would like to take this time to apologize to Jalen Johnson. That is all. I He was a guy that I thought had a lot of question marks. He didn't have, like, a go-to skill. He was just kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. It is, you know, something that I threw around a lot. Him and Keon Johnson. I, I was right about Keon Johnson so far. But Jalen Johnson's a guy who's come in. He, he knows how to, you know, flex his athleticism. He gets back on defense. He makes highlight plays on both ends of the ball. He's been able to shoot the ball effectively, and he's just been kind of a menace everywhere on the court. So uh, my overdue apology is to you, Jalen Johnson. And, Jerry, I'm going to go ahead and let you kind of kick off on that because he was the guy that, despite everybody else falling off, you remain very high on him. That I did, and I thank you for uh, giving me that uh, apology, me and Jalen both together. We appreciate that. I'm speaking on his behalf at the moment. Um, <laughs> no, uh, is this a segment where my dad can give me an apology for not showing up my whole life? Or uh, it that... has it has to be a summer summer league oh, apology. Sorry, oh, I'm Jerry. sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry too. Maybe he'll listen to this and finally decide to say sorry. Um, no, I think <laughs> I think mine. I just got to – I'll just throw it out there. It's going to be Josh Giddy um, in my apology, in my reaction to draft night, um, where I quote-unquote said, and then we drafted this D-head. And I'm on video saying it. My wife got it somehow. Um, I can share that with the public if need be. Uh, But uh, I deeply apologize for that. And uh, what warrants that apology is – that Josh Giddy dunk, like that's it. That's all I needed to see. Like, I I, I see you, bro. I I see what you're talking about, and um, I appreciated him trying to stay in the game. You know, even mm-hmm. after everything, and he's been lobbying to try to come play. And the team's like, hey, like it's all right, just chill. It's just a couple of games. Don't worry, uh, you'll get lots of time this this season. So, um, I just want to give my apology to Josh. I I, I didn't mean to say that to you on draft night. Um, I was ill-informed and uneducated. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to be like my dad was to me, to you, Josh. I'm here for you, buddy. Yeah, man. And, you know, we've, like, like I said, we've had a string of great guests on, and we had two guys that were kind of experts on Josh Giddy. You know, in some way or another, they covered him in the NBL. And they said, you know, the two strengths that Giddy has going for him, like right off the bat, is his playmaking and his rebounding. And we didn't really get to see either one of them. But what we did get to see is we got to see him showcase his handle, take Cade, and uh, I think Sadiq Bay was his help man off the pick and roll. Yep. Um, get by both of them and then to raise up with two hands with Sekou Demboya contesting him on the backside to absorb the contact, finish the dunk. Like, yeah, man. Like, I, you can ask Chelsea. I, I, was, I, was, I was screaming, screaming when that happened in the Summer League game. Like, this was a Summer League game, but like, I, it, I just didn't expect it. Like, I was like, okay, he's going to do some flashy pass, some kind of dump off behind the back, 
You know, maybe yeah. he's going to whip it to the corner or something. No, he rose up and slammed that thing down effortlessly and with authority. And like you said, you know, like whenever he got hurt, he was able to come, you know, he was, he wanted to stay in. He waved off a sub. I think I tweeted out as soon as he heard his ankle. Wow. I was like, oh, here comes the sub. And no, he waved off the sub. He wanted to stay in. He made some poor decisions when he stayed in, but, you know, I will attribute that to his injury. Um, but yeah, man, it, it, you know, his toughness, I, I really admired. I, I, I like his mindset and I like that he's been trying to come back in. So huh. right there with you on Giddy. Um, Cone, you got any overdue apologies you want to give? Uh, like not, no one in particular, just cause I think I was just really optimistic about most guys in this draft class. Cause I knew it was a stacked one. Um, I guess I'll kind of give a couple mini ones with Kuminga. He has been better than I thought he was going to be immediately. I think he's someone that can be really good in the future, but I thought initially coming into things, he was going to struggle a lot. And that might be the case in the actual NBA, but in the summer league so far, he's really shown out. And so shout out to him. He, deserves all the hype he's been getting although his crossover on Jalen Horde was a carry and yes. that was yes yeah thank you egregious egregious carry hand on the bottom of the ball Russell Westbrook walking with the basketball up the court against the Warriors vibes in that one that was their payback for that um but yeah Kuminga has been better than I expected at first so uh, kudos to him. And then I guess also uh, Chris Duarte is someone that I liked going to the draft, but I wasn't sure how great, like I knew he was going to be like an NBA ready guy, but the just combination of skills that he showed against us and he has shown the whole summer league. I'm excited for him joining the Pacers. I think he's going to help that team out a lot, like defense scoring, like passing. He had pretty much like everything solid. And I think that type of all around player is going to help that Pacers team a lot. And I wasn't as high on him as a lot of other people were. So good for him. Yeah. He actually really surprised me. I was like, Holy crap. I think I watched two of their games and he's a, he gets to his spot and he's like, no, this is my spot and I want to shoot it here. And then I'm going to make said shot. And then I'm going to go back to them on defense and shut you down. Like he has a lot, just like you said, a bunch of different skills and he wasn't even on my radar. And then I started looking at mock drafts after I seen him play that second game against us. It was like, wow. Like everybody was completely off on this guy. He should have been a lot higher than where he was at. See, with me and Duarte, it was never about his talent. Like, I knew he was going to be a talented guy. Like, he was he was shooting 40% on, like, eight attempts a game in college. Like, it was never that. It was his age. Like, you know, for the Thunder, he's not a guy that, you know, we should be targeting because he's 24 years old. Like, he he's older than Shea. He's older than all of our young guys. Like, he just didn't fit the timeline. So, like, a team like the Pacers that aren't so young, that aren't exactly, con- you know, contending – I would say they're like competing at this point. I think that he kind of fits like a glove. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's really very much impressed me as well. You know, the way he's able to not only shoot well and, you know, score offensively and carry the load there, but also just the way that he can stuff the staff sheet. So I like it, man. I like it. Well, guys, um, that is the end of our first or, or of our new segment, the overdue apologies. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, I asked you guys for some Twitter questions. You know, we haven't been on, as I said, a while as a group for a little bit. So I want to ask you guys, you know, your questions about summer league or anything else. And as you guys always do, you responded accordingly. So first off, we're going to go to at Shea media at Shea underscore media. Sorry. Uh, and he asked us uh, two questions. They kind of bleed into each other. So 
First, he said, what can we expect the role of JRE to be on our young roster? He also asked, are we happy with one legitimate center on the roster? Um, I think he's talking about Derek Favors, and if he is just talking about Derek Favors, then Mike Muscala, like a word. But, uh, Cone, you know, you kind of touched on a little bit ago. Uh, you think JRE can potentially be the starting center of this team? Yeah, um, we might get beat up by some of those, like, seven-footers. Uh, but at the same time, his defensive impact that he's shown, his ability to stretch the floor, I think I like him as a fit better than Derek Favors. I could see us starting Favors just to add that veteran presence and because – Probably the game plan is to try and flip him at some point. So get him some run out there, some starting minutes. But I like Jerry better in terms of fit with the squad. So I want to see Jerry start. Also, he's young and he's more part of our future than Derek Favors is. But yeah, I think Jerry can be a legitimate center. And if he does play that role, as well as Derek, as not Darius Baisley, as well as um, Isaiah Roby, um, between those two guys, Muscala and... Um, Wait, who was I talking? Jerry, Roby, Favors, and Muscala. Thank you. Um, between those four guys, uh, I think all four of them can run center. So we're going to be good. Bro, so you say uh, JRE so fast, it sounds like you're saying Jerry. Every time. I was literally, Jerry. I was literally about to say that. I was like, we need to figure out this whole JRE and Jerry conundrum. All right. Um, so Jerry, Jerry. It's it's like it's like as if it sounded the same. It sounded the same. Sounded the same. Let me try this one more time. Jerry, Jerry. It sounded the same again. I feel like the first one has a few more syllables. There's a little bit of a distinction, but like you know, when when you're not thinking about it, it's just a Jerry. Just call me Cone. Whenever we're talking about Jerry, we're on the same pod or me. Just call me Daddy J, and then he can be jre and then we can definitely know the distinction on who we're talking about. okay so we'll never make a mistake again okay exactly and i i thought i was gonna be starting center there for a little bit so i got a little excited but uh, a little disappointed that's not happening look look at your phone might get a call from presty i mean a five seven center might be really groundbreaking so we'll see what happens (laughs) small ball baby (laughs) presty saw the rockets that like a couple years ago and was like hold on let's go smaller Jerry, what what you think, man? Uh, obviously, you're not going to be sp- starting center here, but uh, do you feel comfortable with where we're at with our big man? Do you think JRE can slide in that starting spot? What you thinking? To be honest with you, like that's not the position I'm worried about right now. Like as a like just with where we're at, like throw anybody in there and I'm okay. Um, I think we got bigger aspirations next year, the year after, anyway through the draft, and then we can fill the rest of this roster in. Cause I don't know about you guys, but me personally, I think that the five is like the who cares position. Like I hate putting it that way. Um, Cause it, it, it feels that way that I'm saying it, but it's not really the reality, but yeah, it's like, who cares? Like give me a good one through four. And I know we can slide anybody in at the five and be all right, especially with the length that we have. Like, Yeah. Yeah, let me okay ask you. Let me ask you guys this before we move on. To another question: uh, Who do you feel more comfortable starting at the five? If if you had this option, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, or Moses Brown? Jerry, not Jerry. <laughs> Jeremiah Robinson, Earl. God, this is tough. I I think I would have to revert back to Moses. 
and it's just because he is that long and he's that big. And I mean, you got to be somewhat special to get a 2020 game. That's just my opinion. Like it just doesn't fall in your lap randomly. So yeah, I, I, I think I go Moses. All right. This, and guys, I just want everybody to know this is the first time Cone and myself have disagreed on anything. Um, I don't think it'll ever happen again. Uh, you know what, Dylan? We we don't remember our misses over here. Okay, we just keep shooting together. Um, yeah, don't don't. Jerry, get... I think it's because you told me to stop calling you Jerry. I think that's the problem. You messed up our like mind mm. link. Yeah, yeah. Groove, man. Daddy J, remember, it's just Daddy J, um, and we'll get through this. If you I just, I just want to see. I might end the Zoom call. <laughs> I really just want to see his face whenever he calls me Daddy J one time, uh, and see how comfortable he is. All right. Um, at Thunder for L one FE. That's Thunder for Life. Asks with the amount of point guards we do have, do you think we will trade anyone? And if so, who? He puts in parentheses. I think Ty Jerome. Um. Yeah, Cone's already thumbs down, so we know what your affiliations are like. So I'm gonna go to Jerry here. Jerry, uh, how do you feel about our point guard rotation right now? We've got Shea, we've got Teo, we've got Ty Jerome, we got Trey Mann, we got Giddy, who's a ball handler, we got Dort, who did some playmaking. What, sure. what are you thinking? Uh, so go back to my answer about the center. It doesn't matter. Like, who cares who has the ball in their hand? Um, as long as everybody can you know, create shots and or play make for themselves. Um, it doesn't matter who has it. And we could literally have all of those guys on the floor at the same time that you just mentioned. I was and, to six people. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, so subtract one of them at one time during the game um, just to keep things fair. Uh, but yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I, I don't think, we need to move anybody personally. I think Ty Jerome is going to be probably the best spot up shooter slash step into shots shooter from the logo slash. Yeah. He, he does a lot of great things. Um, I think all of our point guards or quote unquote point guards do a lot of great things for us. I think they all bring something completely different than the next guy. Um, so to try to, bundle them in as the same thing just it, it it's not me like I, I, I think the question kind of lies in like do you think these guys are all going to have like legitimate opportunities to play because, oh even yeah. on that yeah no even with that this year absolutely i mean this next year absolutely i think there's that I, I would be very surprised if we're not playing 11 12 guys a game i'd be really surprised and that's just my opinion, especially starting out the first couple of months. I just, I, I'd be, I, I, I think it's warranted to to give as many guys, you know, that run to just see who fits together and who doesn't. And um, there's a few of these guys that I think that are just a really good fit. Like, you know, I'm really high on Teo. I, I think he's the next rendition of Tony Parker here in the next couple of years. Um, I think Ty Jerome, like I said, has the ability to be one of the best three-point shooters in the league in the next couple of years. Um, Dort, don't even get me started on Dort. I mean, you already know what I feel about him. Giddy, you can literally place him one through three, maybe even the four if you're feeling funny and wanted to just toss him down there for, you know, a couple of plays. Like, yeah, 
everybody gets some run on this team. All right, Cohen, I've, I'll let you be quiet long enough, man. What do you guys say? I think we're going to be super positionless. I think there's a lot of like, like, for example, if we really want to go kind of small, like, um, I'm going to double check heights real quick so I don't look like an idiot. Give me one Just second. Just ramble them off. I'll be able to tell you. Just okay. ramble yeah. them off. Yeah. Ty Jerome 6'5". Is, that's yep. the height. I thought that's how tall he was. Um, he, if we really wanted to, he could run the small forward in a small ball lineup if we want to do that. Like, is he, is he that big? No, but I really think like there are so many guys like, yeah, everyone brings something different to the table. Teo's obviously younger. Ty is might be our best, one of the best shooters on this entire team next, like Shea and Moose um, Dort's there for defense. Giddy's a playmaker. And I think, I don't think even think Giddy's a guard. I think Giddy's a three um, at six, nine, like a legit six, nine could be probably like six, 10 at some point. He's like a legit three in this league. I don't, I don't think he plays much guard. Obviously he'll, he'll handle the ball, but I think for the most part, he plays the small forward position. So he's out of the running too. Um, there's just got, everyone does something different. I really don't see a need for us to trade anyone right now. I think the thing about us having too many guards was way overblown. Um, Wiggins can play a three. He's on a two-way deal as well. Um, People just need to stop worrying. We'll figure it out. If someone needs to get traded, someone will get traded. But I really don't think like that's super pressing right now. Well, somebody you guys failed to mention in your justification of your stances, um, there's actually another question about it. Uh, where do you think Trey Mann will be on this year's depth chart when the season starts? On the OKC Blue the whole season? Really? Like, yeah, I don't think – I think he's going to spend the majority of his time in the Blue – um, he's going to hone that craft. Cause if you look at him, he's, yeah, he can do a lot of great things, but his shot selection is meh at times. Um, he, as far as penetration goes, he's very wild. Um, did some of it pay out, you know, whenever he got down there? Absolutely. And that's great. But I just think that he has a little bit more finishing to put on. Um, very exciting whenever he does make it to the team, you know, that last half of the season or however many games we decide to bring him up, he'll probably be a two more than likely. That's where I see him sliding in at. I don't, I don't like him at the one personally. I think he's, he'd be better suited for the two. Cohen, what you thinking, man? Yeah, I could see him. I could see him spending some time in the G league. Um, maybe even like a Poku thing where he's playing with the OKC for a little bit, goes back to the G league and then comes back up. Um, but I think, I think he's going to, he has to get run at some point during this season. Uh, we spent a 19th or not the 19th, 18th overall pick on him. And he was clearly a guy we wanted because we traded our other pick when the I guess someone that was there, wasn't there. We're like, we're cool with taking Trey man. So um I think Trey Mann gets run. I hope he gets some run. It's going to be really interesting to see the way that the team goes, like the more you think about it, because there's so many guys we want to give playing time. I think what Jerry said is true. I think we're going to play like 11 or 12 guys on pretty much any given night, and I think that's okay for a team that's trying to rebuild and a team that's trying to figure out who's a long-term piece. That's part of why we sat like Al Horford last season was because what we wanted to see is who like deserves a spot on this team going forward. And when you add like four rookies guys, someone's going to have to lose some playing time. There is going to be less time between all those guards, but Trey man's going to find playing time somewhere. 
you guys agreeing with each other. Uh, I, I got to respect it, but I'm going to go against the grain. See, we're here. back. We're back on the wavelength. Yep. I'm gonna go we synced up. We synced up. I think Trey Mann's in the rotation this year, like day one. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you mentioned, Comb, like they, they used the 18th pick on him. Like, you know, Terrence Ferguson, I don't think he's half the player that Trey Mann was in terms of like the caliber and potential. Um, at this point in the draft and you know we took him at what like pick 21 I think and he was he didn't play any games in the blue way he was on the thunder immediately like he was on the bench at first for a while but he was getting run consistently I think Trey Mann you know this is a much deeper draft than Terrence Ferguson it was a much deeper deeper draft than Teo Maladon's was Um, I think that this is a high endorsement a high investment in a guy like Trey Mann this high in the draft and, you know, that, that's kind of why I think the question of what we're going to do with all these, you know, quote unquote guards is really interesting because, you know, there's not a lot of room for him. I, I think Teo has earned and he's going to be the sixth man. Like he's going to be the point guard, like the lead ball handler off the bench. And I think that, you know, that two spot, you know, m- you know, maybe they're weird. Maybe they want to play Ty, Teo and Trey all together. And if they want to do that, more power to them. But I think that, you know, that two spot off the bench um, is going to be a battle all season between Trey and Ty, personally. And I love Ty. Like you said, I think he's a phenomenal three-point shooter, but that's kind of like his bread and butter. Like He's got, like, a high basketball IQ. I'm with you there. But Trey Mann's potential was just, like, through the roof. And, yeah, I get it. His shots wasn't falling in summer league. Like we mentioned, Trey Young's shots weren't falling in summer league either. Um, the fact of the matter is the separation that he's able to create for himself and also, you know, the shots that he's able to create for his teammates, like it's high level and those shots are going to fall eventually. We, we've seen it happen. The guy was like a 42% sh- uh, f- shooter from the three point line at Florida. Like that's going to translate. That's, that's his bread and butter. So I, you know, Cone, you've been saying it like chill out about, you know, the summer league and everything, but you know, at the same time, I, I think that, you know, he's going to crack the rotation. You guys got anything else to say about that? I hope he gets playing time. Yeah. Jerry, your friend. No, I, I, no, I think that he's going to get playing time. I just think it's going to be more of a Poku situation, and I think he would benefit from it a lot. But, yeah, I can agree with the rest of it, I guess. Maybe. I guess maybe. All right. Uh, last question here, and um, we'll, we'll go ahead and sign off. Um, Poku, you know, Sam Presti mentioned at the end of the season presser that he would not be participating in the summer league and that he was going to be um, going through his own, not rehab, but his own training, I guess, during the summer. Um, at Dork Club underscore wants to know what our thoughts are on Poku not playing in the summer league. And I'll just go ahead and start. I'm really sad about it. I don't understand. Like, I I don't know what plan you could have for the guy other than, like, hey, you're going to be on, you know, a strict, like, diet, like a protein-type diet. You're going to be in the gym lifting weights this whole time. I would argue you could do that and still participate in the summer league. <laughs> and I think that, you know, especially with Giddy being out, man having to leave after game two for a personal matter, which we hope everything's okay with him, Um having Poku out there, it gives fans a reason to want to watch the summer league team because I'm going to be honest, game three, pretty freaking unwatchable. <laughs> so I, I would have loved to see Poku out there. I don't know what the different, what the you know reasoning was 
you know, at the end of the day, I got to trust the Presti, but really sad he wasn't out there. Uh, Cohen, I'll, I'll go to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sad about it, but at the same time, the for some reason, I think like the u- uniqueness of his situation where they're like, now nah, you're going to sit out the summer league. We've got a bigger plan for you. Makes me very excited to see Poku this season. And I already was, but I've got a feeling. I don't think Poku is going to be like incredible this season or anything, but I think he's going to have a really solid year, like a big uptick from last season. I'm excited to see what Poku does. Like you said, I would have loved to see him in the summer league just to make the games more watchable after um, we lost Trey Mann to personal reasons. Hope everything's okay with him. And with Josh Giddy going out with injury, it definitely would have helped get me a little bit more invested in the games, but obviously still watching for the young guys and I don't know. I guess it just shows me how much the front office believes in him. If they're like, we have a special, we have like project Poku going on right here. What's your thoughts on the Poku situation? Yeah, no, like I'm trusting it. Like stay your butt home, go eat all the country fried steaks and gravy. You can Um, go to your local planet fitness and grunt after every single rep that you push, like, you know, in the weight room, like to give a real good grunt just because it's against the rules, get all the gains you can this year and make me excited last year. I don't know whoever shared that video of like all the Poku highlights of last year from the G league. And it's like two minutes and 20 seconds long. And it's very well, maybe, some of the most mesmerizing two minutes and 20 seconds I've ever spent in my life watching a video. Um, but his ceiling is like, I forgot about it. It's like, Holy crap, dude. Like your ceiling's stupid freaking high. And um, yeah, I, 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 I agree with Cohen on this. I think that the the jump is going to be huge this year. Um, I'm going to go a little bit bigger than Cohen. I think it's going to be huge. I think he's, yeah, he's, he's going to surprise all of us. Do you think we're going to see him average 30 like he did against the Clippers in the final game of the season, right? No, 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 absolutely not. But I I, I think that – Yeah, we're Jerry's gonna... right. 30 is way too low. Yeah, yeah, it's I was thinking more 47 and a half. Um, I like it. Yeah, with the triple-double, and he's going to break Russell's record. All... Surprised he didn't go for the 69 there. Yeah, very nice, Dylan. Very nice and amateur of you to use that. Um, as a joke right now. We're talking serious matters here with Poku, and you want to bring that into this. What, uh-huh. what a deplorable. Um, no, I, I I think it's – it doesn't bother me. Like, everyone's – both you guys said, like, oh, it would have been made the games more enjoyable. And newsflash, guys, there's literally nothing that enjoyable about Summer League. It lasts Poku a week. made it enjoyable. It lasts a week. All right, so it gives you a taste and then runs away just like my dad did. Um, and <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it's it's against a bunch of scrubs, like really and truly, a bunch of guys that we're never going to see in the league again. Um, you know, as far as the NBA, maybe in the G League, but not in the NBA. Like, yeah, I, I I didn't get too hurt about it. All right, that that's all fair. You know, at the end of the day, like I said, I trust Presty. I would have just liked to see Poku out there, especially like, you know, the first game when Giddy was out there, Giddy and Poku on the court together. Come on, that would have been a good time. All right, Jerry, last question from the same man at Dork Club underscore. 
not Thunder related, but have you taken time to see the Malice of the Palace documentary on Netflix? And do you have any thoughts on it? Jerry, have so, you got to see it yet? No, I haven't. And I saw this, I saw this question on and I was like, gosh, dang it. I meant to watch it yesterday. And um, your boy was by the pool a little bit too long and drank a few too many Trulies to pay attention to Netflix. Very on brain. So, yeah, so uh, I think I'll probably watch it tomorrow night, to be honest with you. There's nothing that me and the wife watch together on Mondays, so we'll probably toss that on there. Um, I asked her about it in passing. I was like, do you know what the Malice of the Palace is? Mm-hmm. And she's like, isn't that where they got in a big old fight? And that's all she could tell me about it. So I can't wait to rewatch the clip of Ron Artest just jumping into the crowd and mauling like six people in a row and then i forget who jumps up there with them but that was pretty epic too um yeah. so no, don't I, yet i know you've already watched it i know you have yeah no i i watched it literally like before we recorded um i'll watch that and actually part one of the dream team documentary on uh paramount plus nice um, but yeah i same thing man i thought chelsea had already seen it like had already like seen the fight knew about it she knew about it she just hadn't seen it And seeing her reaction when Steven Jackson just came in and just wrecked dude, like uh, runner test went in the stands and then dude threw a beer in his face. And like Jackson was on there, like, you know, he's talking about it. He's like, and he's like, oh no, it's it's over. I'm getting over it. And he just clocked him. I mean, it it was great, man. Like some of the commentary, some of the backstory on that, it's, it's, it's amazing. And well, and you, if you, I remember when that happened, and like it was on Sports Center for like a full mm-hmm. week, man. Like it yeah. was on there every single day. And then it's funny because I saw Steven Jackson coaching the big three. And um, shout out to Nancy Lieberman for beating Steven Jackson um, in a coaching duel uh, in the big three. But uh, I totally forgot it was Steven Jackson. And it's so fitting now, like thinking about it, it's just like, yeah, it would be Steven Jackson up there with Ron Artest. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be good. It's going to be real good. Don't don't spoil it for me, even though I've seen it like a thousand times. But the commentary and stuff, I know it's going to be good. Was uh, was Ron Artest in it? Like, did he Artest, a- Steven Jackson, Jermaine O'Neal, nice. Miller, nice. Walsh, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be legit then, yeah. Yeah, even the dude that uh, Artes punched when he got back on the court. Yeah. Like the dude that ran up on him, Artes, like, oh, heck no, and just clocked him. Yeah, he, yeah, He's yeah. on there, and he's still he's still playing the victim. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, wild, so. it, it's, it's a good documentary. Uh, I, I'm just going to – I have three thoughts on it. It's not going to spoil anything. Okay. Uh, one – I have, like, even before the documentary, I've always been on the player side on this. Like, Me too. If dude doesn't throw the beer at our test, like, I don't care what's happening on the court. If you don't throw the beer at our test, that de-escalates. The game was over anyways. Everybody goes home, and it's never anything. One, dude throws the beer at our test, and then two, dude comes on the court at no point. And in any sporting event, should you come on the court? Should you come on the field? You know, especially intoxicated, especially when, you know, tensions are high at no point when you come on the court, when you come into players, you know, like domain, that's on you. Anything that happens after that, it's, it's on you. So that's first thought. Second thought, um, just the blatant racism that was portrayed in the media at that time after it, like 
I, I can't. I, I wish like if you was playing a drinking game while you're watching it, just take a drink every time you hear the word thug. Like, oh yeah, like yeah. it just it's boiled my blood. So uh, that was the second thought. And third, it, this would never like transpire uh, the way that it did back then today with social media. You know, you always have different sides, different cameras rolling. You can you know see what happened. You can see that the players weren't in the fault. The players weren't in the wrong. You know. The big thing that, you know, you kind of learn on that is you see what the media wants you to see. Yeah. And, you know, the, the like, go-to image, the image that was, like, grabbing he- headlines, grabbing <laughs> eyes was Artest and Jackson up there just waylaying in the stands on fans. But what they don't realize is that, you know, they brought it on themselves. Yep. Um, and then a bonus one, just the guy that ended up throwing the beer, they ended up identifying him. He turned himself into, like, a celebrity, and he – he was joking about it like he was like proud of the fact i'm like you know just just made me mad i'm not gonna spoil anything about it like you know the storylines or anything like that so uh yeah. definitely watch it though man it's really well done uh i like how raw and unedited it was and it kind of you know if you was already on the player side um you know it gives you more um you know more ground to stand on there so absolutely nice. man check it out Nice. We'll do. I'll get you. I'll text you a review tomorrow. There you go, man. We'll, we'll have to plug it in the pod. <laughs> but guys, I want to thank you all for listening once again. Uh, it was great to have Kona and Jerry back on. Like I said, I know we've had an awesome string of guests, but it's good to just come on here with my brothers and talk basketball and talk about the team that we love to watch, love to cover, and just love to love, man. So, um, you know, without further ado, I hope you guys have a great night. God bless. Wash your hands, wear a mask where you need to, get vaccinated if you have not, hoop when you can, and as always, thunder up. Thunder up. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter, at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.